Good morning. You know, Ben was just talking about how God can make beautiful things spring up from the ground, and it's a beautiful image of what can happen in our lives when, when God gets a hold of us. Um, and it also has me thinking about gardening this morning, as he, as he said this. So I want to know, does anybody here have a green thumb? Don't, don't be afraid to, to admit it and raise those hands high. That's great. I wish I could say that I had a green thumb just like you, but I have been known to kill off plants I was supposed to keep alive for just a couple of weeks. Um, there, was, there was a time when I watered an indoor plant several times before somebody told me that it was a fake. <laughs> I, I'm not very good with plants, um, but my kids are proving to be a lot better with plants than I am. They've been tending a small garden in our side yard. They've been working on it for several months. And uh, here's a picture. It's got tomatoes and peppers and corn growing up over there. And uh, these really cool zucchini, they're like circular. They're called eight ball zucchini. They're really fun. And carrots, they're, they're having a blast with it. And my kids have done a lot to provide these plants with the optimal environment to grow. Um, they've provided, they've, they've tended to the soil, they've removed weeds and sticks and thorns and rocks, they put in some organic fertilizer, they've made sure that the planter boxes are in a, a good spot where the sun is getting to them, and, and they water them, but not too much because we are in a drought, so they keep that to just the, the minimum, but enough to make this garden grow. And our family's been able to enjoy the fruit of all of their labor as they've been bringing in the, the vegetables each day. Um, all this brings me to our topic for today. Before I tell you what that topic is, though, let's kind of get our bearings in our series. We're in this Go Deep series. We're talking about the types of attributes that people have that are going deeper with God, becoming more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And here are what they are. They're people who serve passionately, belong wholeheartedly, grow organically, and give joyfully. Now, based on what I just said, which one do you think we're going to talk about today? <laughs> Number three, grow organically. Spiritual growth is a lot like growing a garden. When planting a garden, just like my kids did, you seek to provide this optimal environment for the plants to grow. You tend to that soil. You you put them in a place where they can have the optimum sunlight. You avoid toxic chemicals. You keep the vermin away. Uh, in a similar way, when we wish to grow spiritually, we need to also, and, and go deeper in our faith, we need to create an environment that is optimal for that growth to happen. We need to tend to our souls. We need to dwell in the light of God's love, to let our minds be nourished and fed. If you want to grow in the faith, there are some very useful habits that you can put into practice in your life that can help to create that optimal environment for growth. And we're going to talk about those today. But first, I want to take just a few minutes and talk about the source of growth and who is responsible for growth. We're going to read a passage from Galatians, and this is one that you have probably heard at least a portion of this before if you've been around here for very long. It comes from Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 22 to 25. Here's what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the Word of God. And this is a very famous word. It's a famous word that, uh, that gets quoted all the time as I talked about, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, a lot of people read this passage and they misunderstand it. And they think, well, this passage is teaching me that I need to work really hard at producing love and joy and peace in my life. But that is not exactly what it's saying. It's actually saying that love, joy, peace, patience, all those things are things that are produced by the Holy Spirit alive in us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference? So growth doesn't happen merely by trying harder when it comes to spiritual growth. It, we, we do actually need to put some effort into it, but it doesn't come through hard work alone or more effort. So I'm not going to tell you to just try harder today. That would be as ridiculous as going into the garden and talking to one of those plants and saying, you need to work harder at growing. You know, even if I was Tony Robbins and I had, and I was really inspiring and I had perfect teeth and I went out there and I spoke to those plants and just told them to try harder, trying harder alone is not going to make them grow, is it? They need to be nourished from within. Same is true with spiritual growth. It requires the work of God's spirit alive in us. This is the gift that God gives us when we put our faith in him as his spirit comes to dwell and to live in us. We talked about that last week. And so we can't do it alone. We cannot grow alone. We cannot rely on our own strength. We need to rely on the work of God's spirit. The spirit gives us the ability to do things that we could never do apart from him. In his book entitled, Not a Fan, Kyle Eidelman talks about a day that he just posted an unfinished sentence online and then asked everybody who was following him to send replies back that would finish the sentence. Here's what the sentence said. By the power of the Holy Spirit, dot, dot, dot. And then people came back and finished that sentence. One person said, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I finally forgave my dad. Another said, my marriage was saved. Another said, I lost 150 pounds and quit smoking. Still more said, we've adopted two boys from Ethiopia. I have overcome a drug addiction. I overcame a gambling addiction. I overcame a shopping addiction. I overcame an eating disorder. Another person said, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am able to raise my special needs child, even as a single mom. And still one more said, I found peace when my husband passed away, and I thought my life was over. The Holy Spirit can do things in and through us that we could not possibly do on our own. The Holy Spirit is the one who's ultimately responsible for growth happening in our lives. And so it's our job to cooperate with the work of that Holy Spirit. We're not called to be idle. We are called to work along with the Holy Spirit and what what God is doing in our lives. And Galatians 5 gives us a couple of ways to do that. First, it teaches us to get rid of all those things that inhibit growth in our life. If you had looked at the garden box that my kids planted the garden in, those two boxes, before they started, you would have seen an environment that was not optimal for growth. 
there were sticks and weeds and rocks and all sorts of things. The ground was hard. And so if they could have planted those seeds without doing any work in that garden box and removing any of that stuff. But those seeds might have been choked out. They may not have even grown. And if they did, they wouldn't have been able to thrive like they have. The same is true with organic spiritual growth. We can try to grow without changing anything in our lives and without removing some of those things that are, that are bad and that are harmful for growth. But we're going to find growing really hard in that environment. Galatians 5.24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Part of cooperating with God's Spirit in our lives is saying no to the cravings for those things that don't honor God in our life. The fruit of the Spirit passage comes right after another passage that basically, basically the two passages are contrasting themselves and giving two different visions of what life can be. You've got the fruit of the Spirit, and then just before it, you find out about the works of the flesh. And here are some of the works of the flesh that are laid out in that passage. The list includes sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, hatred, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, and envy. And the passage tells us to crucify those things. That is not a haphazard use of a word. That is a very intentional use of the word crucify. Think about what Christ did. He was crucified on our behalf so that all of our wrongdoing went to the cross with him so that we could raise up to new life. And so Galatians is saying, take all of that stuff, that junk that's keeping you from growing and take it to the cross and leave it there. That's what Christ has given us the ability to do. God's Spirit will help us in this process when we determine that we are going to cooperate with the work of that Spirit. The second way the passage tells us to cooperate with the work of God's Spirit is to keep in step with the Spirit. Let's use a different illustration for this. When it says keep in step, it's translating a Greek word that is borrowed from the military. And it essentially means stay in formation. And so let's, let's read what one commentator, Philip Graham Riken, writes in his commentary about this verse. He says, soldiers not only march in formation, but also run in formation. When they do, there is only one thing they have to worry about, which is keeping in step. They don't need to worry about where they're going or how they will get there. They don't need to worry how much farther they have to go. Their commanding officer will give them the orders as necessary. The only thing soldiers need to know how to do is step in time. This is a really helpful illustration for us as we think about keeping in step with God's Spirit. God's Spirit is the one who knows where we're going. God's Spirit knows what we were created for and what is best for us. The Spirit doesn't always reveal the destination that we are heading towards, but is more than capable of leading us to the best place. So the Spirit calls out that cadence to us, and we learn to listen and obey. And the more we obey, the more fruit we discover being made and produced in our lives. This is what organic growth is all about. Galatians gives us a list of the type of fruit that are grown in our lives when, when we get in step with the Spirit. 
Wouldn't you love to have more of these things in your life? Unconditional love, a joy that never departs, biblical peace, which means wholeness, well-being, patience or, or calm endurance, kindness toward others, moral goodness, faithfulness to God and to the most important people in our lives, gentleness, which has been defined as power under control. I love that. And then the last one that's listed is self-control, which helps us avoid the types of decisions that we are going to regret later on. Wouldn't you love to have more of those things in your life? Then it's our job to get in step with the Spirit, to cooperate with the work of the Spirit in our lives. And let me tell you, no one can get in step with the Spirit for you. Your pastor, your elders, your staff here, we're here to equip you, to give you some tools and to encourage you on this journey, but we cannot do it for you. I want to encourage you to take responsibility for that your part in the growth process in your life. You can show up here occasionally, and you may never open your Bible, you may never pray, and you may think that that's enough to grow, but if you really want to grow, I want to encourage you to start taking that responsibility You can wait for a church to create programs that meet every single felt need that you have, but you're going to be waiting a long time because it's impossible for any church to provide a program for every felt need. And if we started doing that, then we would all start to be focused in on ourselves and we would lose our focus on the community that we are called to serve and love. The truth is, if you want to grow, you need to take some responsibility in that process. As we've seen in previous weeks, there are lots of ways that we can do this and take responsibility. You can do what we talked about two weeks ago and start serving others because when we serve, we begin to go deeper and God begins to do that great work inside of us. You can say, you know what, I'm going to commit to being belonging in this community. I'm going to belong wholeheartedly and, and I'm going to commit to the other people and commit to the mission that we are called to together. And as you do, you're going to find yourself growing. Let me give you a couple more things to do that will lead to this kind of organic growth. These things that if you do them, you create the environment where God's spirit uh, really does great work and where we can cooperate with that spirit. These are not new practices, and this is not rocket science. I want to encourage you to pray and read the Bible. These are healthy habits that help keep you in step with the spirit. And I'm not telling you to do this in a legalistic way. This is not about legalistic duty. It's about life-giving practice where God nourishes our souls and enlivens us and prepares us for the great things that he has in store for us. So first, let's talk about prayer. I've had a lot of discussions in the last several months where people have told me, Sean, I don't know how to pray. And so what I want to do today is give you a really simple model for prayer. I'm calling it the prayer path. This is not the only model, but it is a good one. It's, it's based on another model that Christians have been using for years and years and years um, that is built on the acronym of ACTS, A-C-T-S. Um, but since that model has some, some big churchy words like supplication in it, um, we've kind of re, we've restructured it and we've put it into a, a new form for you here. If you use that model, please keep using it. It's wonderful. This uses the same principles. So let's take these letters one at a time. This is going to be built on the word path. 
So the first aspect of this kind of prayer is praise. Uh, This is where we tell God how awesome He is, and we tell Him how much we love Him. Sometimes when we pray, we just want to jump into asking for things, and and there's certainly times where that's a good thing for us to do because there are immediate needs and we need to jump in. But if that's all that we ever do, we're missing out on a really important aspect of prayer. When we praise God, we recognize who He is and who we are in relationship to Him. We tell Him that He is worthy of our praise. Next, the A stands for admit. If we've just told God how awesome He is, this is where we admit to God all the times that we are not entirely awesome. And we, we confess to Him um, these, these various things that we have done. We confess our sins to God. And when we do that, it reminds us that we need Him. It puts us in a posture to receive His forgiveness, and it realigns our hearts towards the things that honor God. The next letter is T, and that stands for thank. In this step, we express our gratitude to God for His grace. We recognize that we would be lost without His mercy and that He has washed us clean, and we thank Him for that. We also thank Him for the good gifts that He's given us in our lives, relationships, opportunities, basic needs like food, shelter, and clothing. We thank Him for these things. Gratitude is a great cure for discontentment and selfishness. Then next is the H. That stands for humble request. This is where we make our requests known to God. This is where we ask for healing and provision. It's where we pray for family members and friends and our community and our country. It's where we ask for direction. It's where we ask that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. We do all this humbly because we recognize how amazing it is that we get this constant access to the king of the universe. And so we make these requests. We do it boldly, but we do it humbly at the same time. Now, you don't have to include all of these elements in every single prayer that you pray, but I would encourage you to build some time into your life where you do pray through all of these things together. If you do, you might just find yourself growing, and you might just start seeing fruit popping out all over the place in your life. Next, I want to give you some some tools for reading Scripture. Uh, You know, we live in this time where we have access to Scripture like nobody has ever had before us. We have a ridiculous number of ways to access Scripture and a ridiculous number of translations to read it in. Did you know that there are over 100 complete translations of the Bible in English alone? That's crazy. When it comes to God's Word, we have an embarrassment of riches that people throughout all centuries would be, they would just die to have the access that we have. And yet so often with all this access, we don't tap into it and we don't read it except for, for a few minutes on Sunday mornings. This is the way that God has chosen to reveal himself to the world. And we want to help you gain access to God's word here at Highland. So if you don't have a Bible, We have free Bibles that we would love to give you as a gift today. We have them in the cafe, or you can talk to any one of our leadership and just ask, hey, I'd love to get a Bible, and we will give you one so that you have one here today. 
If you are more of a digital person and you're like, I want to be able to read it on my tablet and my PC and on my phone, then we have provided in the bulletin today uh, two websites. By the way, in the bulletin, the prayer path is in there, as well as these two websites right underneath the scripture reading today that can give you access to, to God's Word either online or through downloadable apps that will give you a bunch of study tools to go along with Scripture, Bible plans, study materials, videos. You can, get, you can download audio versions of the Bible so you can listen to it while you're walking or on a jog um, or in the car, and much, much more. Those two websites are BibleGateway.com and Bible.com. And Bible.com is the one that is linked to the YouVersion Bible app that we've talked about here before as well. There are a lot of reasons that people don't read Scripture. Don't let access be your reason for not doing so. Here are some other reasons that people give for not reading Scripture. Some feel like, I just don't have enough time. And I can relate. I mean, I have a busy life as a father and a husband and working in ministry and, and everything else. But let me tell you this. It takes about two and a half to three minutes to read a chapter in the Bible. I don't know about you, but I think I can find three minutes in my day to spend a little bit of time with God's Word, probably more. Other people say they don't read Scripture because they don't know where to begin. And that makes sense. It's a big, intimidating book. It's, it's, it's different testaments and, and different books within it. How do I know where to start? I always encourage people, start with the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books in the New Testament. They all tell about the life of Jesus, their Gospels. Um, John tells it in a very readable way. There's some great stories. So I encourage you to start there. And then when you finish John, just keep going. You go, go into Acts. Uh, Acts will tell you all about the early church and what happened. There's some more great stories. Then go into Romans and First and Second Corinthians. These are books that have some real practical teaching. Other people say, the Bible is so foreign, I can't, I can't understand what's going on. And you know what? That's definitely understandable. There are definitely parts in the Bible that are really hard to understand or grasp when you're going through the first, even second, or third time. The Bible is written over a huge period of time and a variety of cultures that are very different from our own. And so, yes, it can take some time to get to know it. But if you're struggling with this and you have one of those Bibles that has an introduction at the beginning of each book, uh, I want to encourage you to read that introduction because that's a way for you to begin to understand the context of where this book came from and having the context can, under, can enhance understanding. It'll tell you about the author, the original audience of that book, the reason that that author was writing it, some of the circumstances in, in that community and around the world that were happening at that time. It'll give you major themes and an outline of what to expect in the book and so you can track the, the way of thinking. If you don't have access to a Bible like that, you can't afford one, there are a ton of tools like that online, especially that Bible Gateway website has a ton of study tools that you can just click on and check out um, a number of different things. They'll tell you about the context of the book and what you're reading. And there are Bible dictionaries online as well as in print that you can access as well. So there are so many resources that we have today. And with a little bit of work and a little, a little bit of effort, we can all of a sudden find ourselves really beginning to have access to, to God through prayer and His Word that will 
completely transform our lives. So from this day forward, I want to encourage you to pursue organic growth. This means that we take some steps so that we can get in step with the Spirit of God active and alive in our world. It, re- it means removing those things that are inhibiting growth in our life and intentionally investing in those things that help us cooperate with God. May you do these things and may God's Spirit produce an abundance of fruit in your life. Let us pray. Lord, we praise you this morning for who you are, for your goodness to us, for your mercy towards us. You are our creator and our sustainer. Lord, we admit today that we fall short of your glory that we have not always lived in a way that honors and glorifies you. So, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. And, Lord, we are so thankful that we can do that and know that you have washed us clean. We're thankful for the gifts that we have received, for your gracious activity towards us. And, Lord, we just ask that as we live out uh, this calling of going deeper and reaching wider into our community, that you would give us the strength, that you would make your kingdom come, that you would empower us to be people on fire for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.